Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Welcome to Real Talk on Agency Operations with myself, Steve Anderson, and uh, Ryan Deeds in the house with me. Hello, Ryan. Howdy, howdy, Steve. Glad to be with you. This episode, we're going to talk about technology overall. And gosh, such a huge topic. And things have changed. I know from, from my perspective that I literally, in my father-in-law's agency, the first insurance agency I worked in, in uh, the 1980s in Washington, D.C., I brought in to that agency our first in-house agency management system it was about 1982, 83. I can't remember exactly. Was it an automation department at that time? Um, well, it was a small agency, so I was the, uh, quote, <laughs> automation department, but that's what we called it. Yep. And in fact, you look on the P&L statements, uh, you would see automation expense. That's right. Um, that's right. That was my, fir- my first agency. I was uh, I was in the automation department. Yeah, so. there you go. Um, so fast forward, things have changed a lot and a lot of new technology out there and in fact I you know one of the things I talk a lot about is that the pace of technology change is accelerating mm-hmm. right lots of reasons for that we won't go into now but I think we all can agree that things are changing more rapidly today than they ever have and for agencies owners producers staff that's a huge issue you know mm-hmm. what do we pay attention to what do we not what how do we view technology? How can we use it as a leverage for efficiency and profitability, which is kind of one of our key mindsets and, and thoughts? And so kind of looking back over our last episode where we really talked about the uh, six areas, uh, functional areas in an agency, you know, technology impacts today, unlike it maybe ever has, every one of those those areas. So I'm going to ask you, what what do you see that's different today from just the overall technology? I started in the agency space about 2003 with a, a mid-sized agent in Florida. Um, we were a department of three people, but our sole focus was really on keeping the systems up and running, migrating phone systems, you know, server maintenance, really the the, the geeky nuts and bolts of uh, administration and making sure that, you know, you were doing your end of life and getting new hardware in. Now I kind of consider that you know, the, the entry point. I, I like to consider it mowing the grass. You have to keep the grass mowed before you get fancy. And so today, it, you're not going to win any kind of accolades f- for having your systems up all the time. Like you've said, that is just what has to be. That's kind of like service. There's a bare minimum requirement for an IT shop, which is stability of systems and speed of systems. Speed, obviously, is one of those things that's uh, subjective. But it has to be relatively fast. And you, you don't, but you don't spend a whole lot of time. You spend a lot of time with outside vendors that have deep expertise about those areas to bolster the little bit that you know about that, at least in my experience, because so much of my time is focused on working with my end users, figuring out what's going to help them in their day and drilling back the word technology, you know, taking that away from the kind of the esoteric and saying, how do we make this a tactfully impactful technology implementation and actually help that employee out. And a lot of times that's just talking with them and spending so much time on the planning process and really figuring out 
what actually helps them. Because so often what we think helps and what they actually are delivered are two very dissimilar things. Yeah, and I, 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 I totally agree with that. And, and two thoughts come to mind. First is uh, I think that's potentially with many agency management system vendors, a real key problem question mm-hmm. issue is that do they really understand what happens at a desktop in an agency? Because right. sometimes it doesn't seem like it when they come out with an, a quote improvement mm-hmm. in their workflow or process where we're all going, wow, that takes like 10 steps and it used to take two steps. Right. How is that an improvement? So really understanding what happens at a desktop. The Mm -hmm. second thought that brings to mind is uh, I mentioned in our uh, previous episode about the agency productivity audit. So I I would physically go into an organization and usually the first morning spend going through all these questions and get their, their take on what they're doing. And then the rest of my time, usually for another day or two, I would actually spend sitting and watching people work. Right, because I don't believe what people tell me. That's right. And it's not that they're trying to lie, but they don't realize all the things they're doing because they do it all the time. That's right. And they're not looking for ways to cut out steps and be more efficient, be more effective, et cetera. So, and then what technology tools, and it is a tool, Mm -hmm. are available to them that can help streamline something that's taking them multiple steps that can be streamlined into one or two. That's right. I mean, where I've found the most success with technology is I shy away from enterprise level implementations now because you will get buy-in to some extent if you have negative ramifications, but they're never as good as the result of creating a product the user actually wants to use. And I think that only comes from working with small teams. So kind of my strategy now is, here is our buffet of technological offerings that our organization has. You and your team and your department get to pick the different things from that buffet that are gonna bolster your productivity. We'll put that in place with you working in conjunction. And as long as your adoption ratio is moving forward, then we will continue to help you. If your adoption ratio kind of goes off the rails, then we're going to leave it stagnant until you can move that. Because you don't succeed with technology, you succeed with people and getting them to buy in. And that always, in my my, my history, has come from these smaller team adoption. And I think that's, again, a, a huge differentiator of where we were before. We were never turned to before as business problem solvers. And now we are some of the first people ever to be brought into a problem. Hey, is there a solution for this? I think when you look at technology going forward, the technologists of an insurance agency in 10 years are no longer considered IT. They are problem solvers. There's going to be some kind of problem solving department that people go to, and that's what IT used to be. I mean, that may be tech savvy employees, that just that may be very technical individuals. But I think, like you know, it's going to be bringing together different services through products like a Zapier or something else that connects these APIs together. It's a tremendous shift that some technologists have had a really hard time with as they don't want to know the business. They don't want to learn the business because that's the other fundamental shift is a lot of it people will tell me they don't invite me to the table. And then I'll ask, well, what drives revenue? And they say, well, I don't know. Well, they're not going to invite you to the table. Right. You know, you've got to get up. You've got to be able to understand what's driving your business. What are your largest challenges? Every one of us should have a list of the the top three or five processes that are the most time consuming in an organization and be attacking those. So if you're the guy or the girl that's been sitting there in the server room doing your thing, well, probably the agency space isn't going to be the place space for you in the future. Well, and certainly uh, kind of when you started talking about 
you know, what's different today, uh, cloud is certainly I'll a bet. huge difference, mm -hmm. right, today. And again, memory, I've been around a long time, but I first started talking about ASPs, mm -hmm. application service programs, right, mm -hmm. back in the early 2000s when two agency management system vendors, new came out with completely web-based web architected systems and i mean gosh the conversations i would have with agencies oh, i'm never going to let my data out of my office mm -hmm. i'm never you know going to go to the cloud i'm never going to right and fast forward you know 15 16 17 20 years now and uh, virtually everybody has something in the cloud whether right. it's a full system or not and it's better it's cheaper it's it doesn't require as much effort on internal Cheaper is a uh, well. <laughs> depends that is an it depends on the again cloud is and and let's just I hate the word cloud I actually hate most of the words that IT comes up with to personify their technologies. If we would have said other people's computer in lieu of cloud, it would have created so much less confusion and we would be so much further along. So as we hit these buzzwords, we're going to break those down into what they really are. You know, so for cloud. That's just your stuff on other people's computer, be that Amazon or Microsoft or whatever, and they are incurring the hardware cost of that, and then they can scale that out as you need it. But that is its operating cost. It's a different strategy, you know, and it depends on your agency's layout. I do absolutely agree with you that every agency today is probably using some form of cloud, though. You, you, you have to. You almost have to. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't think there's any option there. And, and speed has changed today, mm -hmm. right? So, again, An expectation of speed, too, right? I mean, yeah. an email that comes in at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you kind of feel guilty if you don't answer it by 3 o'clock. Right. You know? uh, and, and I would say that, that, for me, goes back to setting proper expectations with that new client mm -hmm. in terms of what are the, your communication expectations and what can we deliver That's right. as opposed to just assuming they want an immediate response. Mm -hmm. And I think that I think you know not only externally communicating. Again, one of the things that you've talked we've talked about is the velocity, how much stuff is out there, you know. And now a product that's been in place for two years is like an entrenched product that really has a solid backing, where an insurance agency before might not have looked at something before it had a ten year history. Right. That's certainly the case with agency management systems. Absolutely. Right? One, of, one of the major areas in in system selection, management system selection is that I've seen multiple times where the final decision doesn't come down to feature functionality, workflow, right? Mm -hmm. Will it make us more efficient, mm -hmm. but comes down to, are they financially stable and viable? Right. You know, will they still be here? That's right. And I understand that to a point, because for an agency, that technology, they're not going to change. I mean, they're making a 10 to 20 year decision. Mm -hmm. And so you're not going to make a change quickly because it's hard. That's right. right? Changing That's right. a management system is hard. Mm -hmm. You lose productivity initially as you're switching and changing. And again, I could argue maybe a bit on the other side that you need to be changing more and people need to be more adaptable. But again, that's part of change management. It. That's yeah. right. That's right. It comes with it. And I mean, I, I think that in a lot of cases, agencies feel stuck. You know, they're stuck with the tools that they have purchased and they're stuck with the limitations of those tools or perceived limitations of those tools in a lot of cases. You know, one of the things I say a lot to my end users and to vendors that come and pitch software and product at me, I will 
show them how my user uses Outlook. And most of my users use about 20% of Outlook. And that's a tool they use every single day. So when they come in and pitch this huge solution that's going to solve all my problems, if it's correctly implemented, I'm like, well, how does it work if it's 20% implemented? Because that's right. that's kind of where we sit, you know? And so uh, my main judge is adoptability, which again, harks to the change that we, we've seen. Because now, you're having IT departments and innovation units in agencies build very micro service kind of solution stuff for agencies, and you would never see that before. And there's challenges with doing that because you're building a code base that may not be manageable by an agency after an employee leaves, which is fear. But does the advantage in the short term outweigh the risk in the long term. And that's what I always, if you can do something for two years, it's going to propel you and put you five years ahead. Is that the right decision to make even with the risks that go with it? Or do you just maintain status quo? And I think that for the agents that I work with, I want them to be challenging that with awareness. So I want to, I want you to go back, make sure all our listeners are aware. You code base, you made, you yeah. said, okay, yeah. somebody's, so it, Explain that a little bit more what you're talking about. So here. like if you take our my current agency, for example, we have just a ton of SQL code. That's lines of programming language that you're actually having to write and maintain. And who's um, created that? Uh, typically a developer. Yeah. I've, so your staff I've, or that's, yourself. That's correct. That's correct. Right. Developers on staff have created that. But the agency at that point is making an agreement to say, I'm going to maintain a developer or I'm going to lose all the work that we have done. Or know? I'm going to have to find another that's right. option, resource, resource right. outsource, mm -hmm. you know, right? And that, that has its challenges too. That's so, correct. So let me delve into that a little bit because I think for a lot of agencies, the thought of having a developer on staff mm -hmm. is just like – I don't know. Uh, I don't even know what to think about that, or even how I would I ever even go about that's right. doing that. And that's part of technology, mm -hmm. right? Is okay. Is that a strategy for us? If we can't find it off the shelf, meaning a vendor that already has something, or a vendor that's willing to create something, right. is it worth? And that kind of goes back to your point. Mm -hmm. You know, if the payback's two years, you know that that those comments, is it worth us? investing and i think in our some previous conversations we've had that was a big decision in your agency to actually hire those staff people and and expensive mm -hmm. right compared to what they've done in the past that, that's correct and, and a, what's the benefit and a wide a wide departure for what they've done in the past so i think when you analyze product because there's not been a product that we've created that didn't exist in the marketplace right they did they all existed there's a solution for everything out there what we can create, though, is products that fit exactly in our workflows, that drive adoption, because who cares if I have a Cadillac if I can't drive it? So I'll build you a Yugo that you can drive the hell out of. And that's going to do one thing very well. I'm going to get a bunch of people using it. And then we're going to see some efficiency changes because they bought into it. It's not this huge product that does 20 different things. It's one. And you kind of have lay out a strategy and you just build these microservices. Now, it is scary. It's scary for principals to think about, you know, going off the beaten path. But you spend a lot of time evaluating software products. You spend a hell of a lot of time planning implementation. You spend a lot of time, you know, whining about poor implementation and why am I not getting my return on investment on technology? And I think this is one of those keys. You're going to have a developer on staff in the next five or ten. It might not be called a developer. You might call them an integrator. But that is what your IT department will 
be, you know? And so I think if you can start cutting your teeth on what that looks like today, again, I think that's one of those maturity deals. If you don't have good data, don't worry about a developer. <laughs> you know, if, if you don't have some kind of good strategy in place, don't worry about a developer. If you're hitting issues with implementation of technology and you have problems that you can solve, then it might be time to ask, start asking about a developer. And it'll be much cheaper to have on staff than hiring out for sure. To our listeners, I'm speaking to you now. Our next episode, we're going to talk about data because mm-hmm. we keep touching on that mm-hmm. in, in a couple of these initial episodes. And that is such a key core foundational piece to being able to do anything that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's because of the, the cultural ramifications, because Steve and I both analyze, if we look at an agency and, and they've got good data, what we know is all the things that have been put in place to get them there. It, it's not so much about the end result as the the building blocks that had to be crossed to get there. Yeah. And so that that's... And, and again, the point is, Ryan's statement, if you don't have good data, don't worry about a developer because that's not going to work. Right. And I'm also going to say, from my perspective, you don't have to hire a developer necessarily. There are ways to get mm-hmm. development talent mm-hmm. that you can outsource. You can, I mean, there are some strategies there, and uh, perhaps we can delve into that on a, on a future episode. But I think the point here is technology today is easier than it's ever been to utilize functionality and benefits that literally five or ten years ago were only the very largest organizations had the capability of doing that and now smaller and smaller organizations so if you're head spinning right now listening to this you may be able to tap into some of this it's going to take a different mindset and it's going to take some experimentation and a little higher risk perhaps and it may not work but the benefits that you could get out of it could way over way you know, any of the potential issues you'll face. Absolutely. And I think that one of the things that we find is as you do one thing, that first iteration looks much different than your ninth iteration. I don't care if that's sales training, producer onboarding, whatever it is, you have an idea of what that will look like. And it's going to be much different after you attempt it. So, but I do think that Steve is dead on. There is more ability for a little developers to tap in or little agencies to tap into all of these huge services now that do all kinds of neat stuff if you can figure out the business problem that that is solving. I would always drive back to the business problem and I would always caution you to build small. <laughs> you know, if you're planning on trying to fix something, pick one thing and try to fix that. And that's if you're buying it, if you're building it, if you're putting it all together, small projects work better. And then obviously you need to have some kind of a project process. Can you give us an example? What's a small project so, okay. that you've built that would fit that criteria? Okay, so so I've built nine, or I've, I've built or implemented nine CRMs, 10 CRMs now for four different agencies. Okay, wait a minute. Those numbers are like, I, they didn't all work right, right? I know. Okay. Well, that's because, I mean, okay, so, you know, CRM is one of the first things that agency principals will talk to you about, right? How do we get our CRM working? Just like if you go into a meeting with agents and say, who's using Salesforce? 
A lot of people raise their hands. You say, who's using it well? Nobody raises their hands. It's because there's too much there. And so my CEO came to me and said, you know, we need a CRM. We need to to get on the ball. And I told him, I said, I don't think that we have the culture in place today to go and purchase a CRM. And he didn't really want to hear that. But I've just seen so many technology products fail because of lack of adoption. So I said, look, we'll go into the lab. We'll build a very quick and dirty CRM, 10 fields. It will do what you want it to do. You get people to use that for 18 months, get our culture right and then if it's not doing what we needed to do we'll go out and get salesforce so that's exactly what we did we've built a very specific module that was for crm um, to keep our prospects for producers trying to give them a, a place where they could put notes in and keep up to date built that out we built it in three or four days we had a beta test in it within a week we had 20 producers using it in two months and so that's build small right that's i have a quantifiable business reason we needed a solution that would help us with the crm we needed to be implemented and usable and from that we kind of built our minimal viable product and got that out there and then just started taking feedback I think that's great. So explain MVP. So a lot of times people will come to me and say, Ryan, Ryan, man, we want to do this big thing. We want to build this. It's going to be awesome. And I'll send them away. I'll say, yeah, go back and think about what is the smallest version of success look like for this problem? What are the key three things that this thing has to do for you to consider it successful? And then they'll go back to the drawing board and then they'll come back to me and they'll have 10 things. I said, no, scale it down, scale it down. Because I want to have three tangible problems that this technological solution can solve. Because oftentimes when they ask for a solution, they don't really want it, right? It's a problem that they bring up and they're like, oh yeah, we think... But if you can deliver it and you can say, here's how this fixes this, here's how that fixes that, and here's how this fixes this, now put it to use. Now it's on them to leverage the promise that you've provided to them. And that's where adoption happens. That's mm-hmm. where I see they get excited when they get to see their changes. And you get to back off as the IT department and let them handle it, you know, and then they'll come back to you. And so that, that MVP is a scaled down vision of big to small. What, what's the smallest version of success this product can look like? And I use that term a lot. Yeah, and I think that's such a key concept as agencies are looking at technology and trying to figure out what's the business problem, Mm -hmm. what are tools that we might have available to solve that problem, and then how do we actually begin using them? And and, and from my perspective, I think this is something agencies can act on today, right? You can actually start this today. If you're a squared away agency and you have the top five processes that are the most work and the least value, well, then you have your targets for automation. If you don't have that list, go get it. Get your managers in a room, have each one of them give their list, figure out which one has the most benefit to to reduce. Now you have your target. You have what you're going to be working on. How do you get that stuff out of there if you can? And if you can't, move to the next one. That's the only way you're going to be able to really move the needle. Okay, so you're going to have to repeat that again because I think we just gave our listeners a great takeaway (laughs) or to-do item of what to do with this episode, which is what are the top five things in an organization, the top five processes that are low value and high cost. Right. Right. So don't generate revenue. Yep. And have employee time, significant employee time to do. That's right. Give me a couple. I can think of one right off. Direct bill entry is one. Okay. Direct bill entry. I get a spreadsheet from a carrier and employees got to enter that. And so there's a million ways to handle that. But yes, in an insurance agency, you have more opportunities to waste employee hours than, than almost anywhere else. Right. And so potential solution could be download, implement it if it's available and you don't know it. It could be outsourcing that data entry. It could be... So the way that I always evaluate process is 
does this process need to exist? Uh, great first question. That's right. Is, do we even need to do this anymore? That's right. Is the end result of this still generating the value that we did initially, or is this just a holdover? Because if you can get rid of a process, there's nothing more efficient, efficient than, than getting, getting rid of the process, right? Um, then can I automate it? What is my cost to automate? Is this something that looks confusing and complex to automate? For the direct bill thing, we ended up creating a SQL mechanism that the carriers drop a spreadsheet in. SQL picks that spreadsheet up and then sends back XML into Sajita. So that's kind of how we fix that, but we saved full FTE. If you can't automate it, then outsource it. Get it out of your organization until the time is right for you to automate it. Find a partner, be that Patra or Resource Pro. Resource Pro is my fave, but you know, there's a bunch of different <laughs> the, ones out there. But I will also say there are a bunch, and we'll there do are. a whole episode just on those options and the pluses and minuses, because I do think strategically every agency, regardless of size, you have to. and that's sort of where Resource Pro has an issue, is mm -hmm. that they're typically for larger agencies mm -hmm. and brokers, not smaller. But anyway, we'll, I want to address that Absolutely. in great detail, because I think there's some great options there but yeah i think that as you as you evaluate your your top five list that's what you go through is what can what doesn't have to be here anymore and so like back in the day everybody used to attach everything to a document management system because there was no email archiving right right so that mm -hmm. was your record now with email archiving agencies can be much more specific about what's attached to the document management system if it's cya you can just retrieve it from the archive and if you can do that, if you can cut down on your people putting stuff into the system, the stuff that people get out is much more relevant. You just made everything more efficient with one small decision. So uh, direct bill reconciliation is such a great topic because really the question is, where's that data being used? Mm -hmm. Or is it even being used? Or is it just a holdover that we've always done? Right. You know, and some agencies say, yeah, we use it a lot. Mm -hmm. And some agents go, oh, maybe not. And so well, do we even need to do it? As you generate your data strategy, you're going to identify data points that you need to collect. So profitability is a, a unicorn. I consider client producer profitability one of those unicorns that we talk about in the agency space, but we don't have an automatic way to generate that anymore. It takes a manual computation. But if you have your right data elements, so for us, direct bill is a huge part of that. You know, how where is this money going to? Who's, who's paying us? Who's not? What's the time variance and all that jazz? That's where we use that in the audits. That's great. How, how do you know what to pay attention to? How do we know new technology? I mean, I, and I could, and it's not really even new anymore, but mobile, texting, mm -hmm. right? Even some of those simple things. How do we evaluate what to pay attention to? Well, I think from an agency perspective, if you know your clients well, um, that's what I would target first, right? Where are your clients? If you're a high level, if you're a, a, a large volume shop that does a ton of personal lines, I would suspect that your client facing applications are going to be SMS based or going to be have some mobile app where if, and so an agency that wants to bolster that kind of business needs to invest in that kind of technology. And that would kind of give them their roadmap. I'm a lot about standing back, looking at the business problems, going out and evaluating the, the marketplace for that. The challenge is you don't know what you don't know. So I end up just reading a ton, mm -hmm. looking at how much does the vendor actually understand about agency operations. Too often, vendors are pitching a magic pill that will never come to fruition, and they have no idea of the complexities of implementation from a workflow standpoint in an, in an agency. And so as soon as they start talking about implementation and, and what their rollout plan is, that kind of piques my interest because I care about that a lot more than the product. Mm. Um, the other things are... Problems, 
one of the problems that agencies have is collecting data from clients. So, you know, you go out and look around and see what's out there to collect data from clients and what's the new technology, what's the coolest stuff out there. You may never want to use the coolest, but you're going to want to have an idea of what the coolest looks like so you can at least evaluate where you are. Well, and that, that sort of comes back to our sponsor, right? Yeah, a little bit. Right. That's one India. of those things and kind of how we came together and mm-hmm. was evaluating that and looking at that as a, a streamlined way of uh, capturing that, that information. From my perspective, I think one of the things, one of the tools that's out there that I'm involved in is the Independent Insurance Agents and Brokers of America Agents Council for Technology, known as ACT, mm-hmm. A-C-T. Mm-hmm. And I'm co-chair of the Changing Nature of Risk work group. And the work group, carriers, agents, um, vendors, really come together and looking at all the technology, very broad look at all the technology and, and how it's potentially going to impact agents and brokers from client side to their internal operations and with some specific ideas and steps about what they can do to um, be aware of it and perhaps uh, embrace it. So we have uh, published a whole series of what we call risk advisories, at looking at it short, one page, front and back. That's a, just a great tool. So independentagent.com slash ACT, A-C-T, is a, a place. They're freely available to anybody. And I think that's a great place to start for yourself and also for your own organization to start passing this stuff around and letting people and maybe even starting having conversations going, okay, how does this affect us? Uh, what, what do we need to be paying attention to? What technology do we need to be bringing in that's going to allow us to engage with consumers, our customers, in a, in a different way. And that's where, and, and again, when we talk about technology, when you look at internal collaboration, what I see also is a ton more external collaboration. Agencies used to be much more protective about their client base from other agents. Now we're much more willing to share successes and failures. So meet some friends, get yeah. out there, talk to people, because your best buddy could do an implementation that you could learn more from than almost any other way except for you doing it yourself. Right. So. Yeah, no, and I think that's really key is to talk to others and mm-hmm. hear what they're doing. And, Big time. And that could be you know management system user groups. It could be your local association meetings. Start asking, yeah, you know, what are you doing? What are you paying attention to? to what yeah. are you implementing what's out there that you see that what's being successful what's actually moving the needle moving the needle that's I right. think that's really key that's and right. a shameless plug on my part but I have a weekly free newsletter called tech tips that one topic one idea one tip one something that I think might help move that needle just a, a hair but you can sign up for that at steveanderson.com if you have any interest in uh, in following some of that well Ryan we've had a, a there's lots more we could talk about, right? <laughs> well, we, we, we'll probably have a filler stuff on technology on some kind of periodic basis as we see big things that change in the mar- in the in the marketplace, and as we are uh, think of ideas that we need to convey to you guys. Absolutely, and again, encourage you to send us your feedback to let us know what you're thinking, what questions do you have, what problems are you facing in your own organization that uh, we might be able to help at least give you some ideas and directions that you can look. We'd uh, really like being able to do that for you. And so, uh, Ryan, I think we're going to sign off for today. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, This is Real Talk on Agency Operations with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds, hosted by Indio. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds. Please send us your questions and comments, and if you like what you hear, leave us a review. 
This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio provides insurance agents and brokers a fully digital application, renewal, and accord submission process, creating a first-rate client experience. With less time needed to collect, rekey, and process applications, agencies using Indio can deliver more value to their clients. To learn more, go to www.useindio.com.